0: Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 45 of the ZI Podcast. My name is Adam and thank you for joining us. But before we get into this week's podcast, here's the newsread for this week. Please enjoy. Gamers, companies, and everyone online took a moment this week to thank and honor the memory of Satoru Iwata, who fell victim to a long battle with bile duct infection. Iwata has been undergoing treatment for over a year and was forced to miss E3 last year as a result. He was 55 years of age and left a legacy behind that affected generations. There's a booklet at the Nintendo World Store for people to write in their own thoughts and wishes as well as a thread on Miiverse for those of you who would like to say something. Last weekend, nerds took over San Diego with this year's San Diego Comic Con. The Suicide Squad movie trailer was leaked and Warner Bros. was kind enough to release the high quality versions in response. Sega has posted an official DLC trailer for Sonic Generations featuring the Shia LaBeouf motivational speech. Two fans of Bill Nye have started a Kickstarter to create a documentary about his life. This week, Amazon.com featured its own huge sale on July 15th that rivaled Black Friday to the point that stores like Walmart, and other online and digital retailers came out in full force to match the offers being put out. Thank you once again for joining me. My name is Adam. The opening theme from this week is not our usual with Brandon that he's so kind to have made for us. Uh, It's actually the uh, song from Earthbound, uh, which is one of Iwata's, uh, I guess, his biggest accomplishments early on in his career. Uh, the game was a mess when he, when it was first made, and he decided to take it under his mantle and reprogram the whole thing from scratch. So this is kind of a little tribute, I guess. Um, but yeah, this week uh,
1: I'm joined by... Hey guys, it's Chris coming at you live. Uh, just here to tell you all that it's important for us not to be somber, but to be happy and to remember him for all of his great achievements and all the work that he would want us to put into our projects
2: as we put them out right. there for everyone to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I'm Derek from Game Explain, and I pretty much echo what Chris just said because you know he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's well said. He uh, Iwata did a lot with his life, and there's that's to be respected. It's it's a shame that we lost him uh, so soon, but um, the man did a lot, and that's you know that's to be commended. Right, right. Um, man, there's a lot to say about
0: this guy. <laughs> It's. It was. It came as such a shock because he was. He was very young. He was. Yeah, he's only fifty-five. He, yeah, he's very young. He was. A, despite his his health complication, he was relatively healthy. Healthy otherwise, he was. He was a. A, a vibrant person. I would. I would. I've often heard him as described as a very pleasant, hard worker, more game developer than a than a businessman. No and it really showed in the way that he uh he ran the company.
1: Yeah, I, I really I even feel like it was reflected upon some of the E3 stuff that we were shown. Like especially like the whole theme of E3. I'm sure he had something to do with like the planning of, you know, the Nintendo Direct and everything went on. Everything was very cheerful right. with the whole Jim Henson act that they were putting on.
0: It was, yeah. Not only that, it was like uh it was more about like the idea behind the games and like what made the games what they were as opposed to like talking about the Specific details. Yeah, like what what yeah, would he, interest someone who was a game developer? He it, it made a lot of sense.
2: He had a lot of uh, he had a lot of them talk about their inspirations. Like with Miyamoto talking yeah. about how he drew inspiration for Star Fox and how uh, where he got the from ideas the from. And then the uh, at the very end with Super Mario Maker and how they used to make those old games, which was really fascinating. Like yeah. it's hard to get yeah. excited about that sort of thing, but just from a game development standpoint and looking how they did it back in the day. Uh, it really was cool to see. It
0: was really cool. Um, there's an interview uh, with Iwata that a lot of people haven't seen, but I think that a lot of people need to. It's uh, there's a show called Game Center CX, uh, which is often called like the first Let's Play because it's it really is the first Let's Play show uh, that ever happened. It started in like 2005, 2006 in Japan, and stars a a, a comedian over there named Arino. Uh, and for one of the episodes, he sat down with Iwata, did an interview, they interviewed each other about, like, Iwata did an Iwata's asked to start off the episode, and then he, in turn, did a uh, interview of Iwata, and then they played Balloon Fight. And it was really interesting, because he was talking to Iwata about, like, you know, his goals, his aspirations, uh, his, his intentions for the future, and one of the things that Iwata wanted to do before, uh, you know, he sadly passed away, was uh, he wanted to make another game. Like, he wanted to make more games, and uh rno said something that was very it's very sad now but it was it was the line that basically said you know there's so many opportunities to make things now there's a lot of one-man development teams these days don't let the opportunity slip through your fingers hmm. um and uh i mean if anything this the, the kind of like the overall theme of this week's episode is pretty much just a if you have a project, if you have an idea, if you have something that you want to make or some story that you want to write or characters that you want to introduce people, don't hesitate to do so. You don't have to like throw them out there, you know, completely undone, but you know, don't don't hesitate to say, "Oh, tomorrow I'll write that first chapter," or "Tomorrow I'll I'll fix this." Do it today. Yeah. Get that get it under your belt today because what I mean, you do today there's... kind of
1: affects what happens tomorrow.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh Iwata really showed that you know, even if you think you can't do something, you probably can. You 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 will surprise yourself. If one man can program an entire game, if one man can take uh an entire region in Pokemon and and shrink it down to the size that you can put in another game, uh, what I'm speaking of of course is the uh, Hard Gold and Soul Silver remake.
2: Definitely, uh, I uh, no It was a- actually the original. Was that the original? Yeah, it was the original. Uh, because Game Freak was so new to game development, he was able to take their source code for all they had for Johto and compress it enough that they were able to squeeze in all of Kanto as well. Uh, He did that all by himself. And he, he, from all accounts, he was a genius programmer because he was able to, uh, take all the, basically all the combat data from original, the original Pokemon and put it into Pokemon Stadium by himself. Uh, yeah that was the other thing kind without mis-
0: any reference material yeah yeah he he's uh a lot of people are there's a lot of pictures of like him with like different characters and like you know like a lot of them calling him like father or like creator um but i think the series that iwata had the biggest impact on and i really do thank him for is pokemon kirby and um earthbound definitely and uh that's really where he kind of defined my childhood.
1: I I think I... I know he didn't really affect the Zelda series, um, but I did see a photo of... Uh, he
0: was an executive producer on several games. Yeah. But that doesn't really tell you what he did. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, but I, I saw... I did see a piece of fan art uh, with the Happy Mask Salesman holding in a water mask, and I think that kind of touched me a little. I'm just like... Oh, yeah. The
0: fan art pouring out has just been like... it's, It's, it's been overwhelming. It's
1: been... It's so amazing. I, I just... Yeah. I can't believe it's it's been all types of emotions. A lot of it is it's kind, really it's amazing.
0: A lot of it is pretty bland. But there's some stuff. There's some pieces out there that I, I've seen that really uh, moved me to some
2: degree. The it, ones that I've enjoyed the most are uh, the ones that. Um, show real fact about his life. It's not just the character's mourning or anything like that. It's this right. is what he did with his life. And that's how I've learned a lot of these facts. I like, I didn't know many of these things until all these outpourings and people, uh, it, sh- sharing just things about him and all those great quotes from him. Uh, right. You know, like the, uh,
0: the, I am ai I, I'm my heart. I'm a gamer. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, like yeah, on like, my
1: business card, I'm a president.
0: Uh, in my mind, I'm a developer, but in my heart, I'm a gamer. It's funny because, like, I think uh, we're given sort of, sort of a rare opportunity with what we do with this, I guess, analysis and reporting on these companies all the time that we kind of get to know these people a little bit more. And it's, it's funny because only now do a lot of people seem to have recognized Iwata for what he was truly. Like, a lot of people knew him, but most people didn't know his name. Uh, they just knew him as the guy from Nintendo Directs. Most people didn't even know what games he had involvement in. Um and I'm happy to see that people have become aware of it, yeah. aware of his accomplishments. And I'm not like saying like, oh, you know, how dare they not have, you know, know this much, or, oh, I'm so much better for knowing. Them. It's just like, it's, I'm glad it's reached the point where people are knowing these things now, and we're now appreciating them yeah. as a whole, as a, as, a, as a gaming community as a whole. I mean, companies like uh, Sony and Treyarch and all these other studios have, have posted about how they, uh, on their social media platforms, various, uh, about, their their con- their condolences to Nintendo and Phil, everyone. that... Phil we-
1: Spencer, the head of Xbox, even tweeted about it. Oh my it. god! Yeah, like mm-hmm. I yeah, that's something I, I I, mean I expected, but I mean like I, it just I was I didn't want to have to expect it like, but it's I mean a it's lot nice of people respected see. this dude. Yeah, it's nice mm-hmm. to see that even no matter what type of competition, no matter like whatever, everyone can come together to show their respects and I don't mm-hmm. know it mm-hmm. it's a nice to it it's a good time. It's mm-hmm. it's as sad as of a time it is to be a Nintendo fan. It's also a good time because you know that everyone's here for you, no matter no matter mm-hmm. where
0: you are. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to get into our first fan topic so that has to do with this. Uh, by the way, if you have any of your own fan topics, theme song submissions, cover art, anything like that, please send that to us at zeldinformerpodcast at gmail Once again, that's zeldinformerpodcast at gmail This was sent in by a fan of ours named Taylor. Thank you again, Taylor. I think you've sent in topics before, and <laughs> uh, I feel like I've talked to you through email. Talked to a few of our fans, three email correspondents, a few times, just back and forth. Uh, uh shout out
1: Twitter. to Mark for the tweet last night about last episode. Oh yeah, that was
0: really nice. Oh, I'm, before we get into this topic, sorry Taylor, I'll get right to it. Um, I want to mention that someone listened to last week's episode of the podcast about we were talking about Majora's Mask with uh, Matt Pat, and he meant he took our words about loss and how loss is not about the, it's not about the material, it's about the memory.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was stunned moved and humbled all at the same time that what we said was taken in such a way that it applied to the situation uh so i don't remember who exactly tweeted about it i think it was someone from Zaldathon. uh thank you again for that and uh yeah i just wanted to give a little mention of that because that was really sweet hmm. uh it almost i think it made me cry <laughs> not sure at this point a lot of tears happened the past yeah hard to keep track of them all Yeah, which one, which things did I cry at? Almost all of them? Cool. Um. Alright, so Taylor asks. Hey guys, with the tragic passing of Satoru Iwata recently, I'm sure we all have memories of him, both good and bad, so I was wondering what each of your favorite memories of him are, and which of the games he worked on is your favorite? Personally, mine would be the second gen Pokemon games, because if not for him, you would never get to go back to Kanto in them. And it was some of the best, it was, that was some of the best parts of my childhood in gaming. Also, keep up the great work of the podcast. Been listening every week since it started, and I've always been thoroughly entertained. Thanks, Taylor. Thank you, Taylor. Um, favorite games or best memories of him? It's hard to say. There's a lot of good things about him that I liked. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I highly recommend that episode where he was interviewed uh, on Game Center. Very mm-hmm. touching interview. Very sweet. Uh, you can tell they genuinely just enjoyed talking to each other, and it was, hell, just go back and watch any of this, the You Wanna Ask series, or read any of those articles, they're all great, they're all really good, he's, he, he has such a knack for getting to talk to people and getting to, getting to know them very, very easily, uh, it's very admirable.
1: Um, I will say for myself, I really did enjoy the second generation Pokemon series, it's my favorite, Johto is my favorite, um. Uh, region in all of the Pokemon universe um, and I kind of I've recently started playing Earthbound so it's it's been an experience I'll say that much because I'm not finished with it yet um, right as far as like what is like
0: the first thing you noticed about Earthbound just ask I like the first thing that, you uh, like, like... The, the first thing that struck you <laughs>
1: just <laughs> I, I just like the the They trust you as a player to choose your own, uh, things at the very beginning. You say, like, what are some cool stuff? Oh, (laughs) it's just, it's just so funny to think, like, okay, they, now do I take this as a joke or do I take this seriously? Yeah. And so I had, I made the perfect little mix of both in between. Um, and just following both these characters and these things, like, throughout the entire game, I'm just like, why did I choose these? Like, I don't know. It's just great. Um, Earthbound. <laughs> it was recommended to me by a few friends because uh, who we were all playing at the same time. I like, "All right, I'll pick it up. You know, I'll see how it goes." Uh, I I am enjoying. It. I haven't played it in like maybe a week, so uh, I have to get back on it because right. I've been playing some other stuff. Uh, but I, I'm enjoying it. and I do plan on finishing it very soon. Uh, however, my one of my favorite wada memories is a rather recent one. Uh, I think within like the last year, year and a half, it was when they were introducing the Me Fighter to Smash Bros. Wii U. And oh, you yeah, see a Iwata movie. versus Reggie. I thought that was <laughs> the, the coolest thing uh, Iwata could have ever like been a part of. The by far one of the coolest things I've ever seen him do. Even though he, I know he didn't do the moves and stuff like that. Just, well, he
0: did the he did like the face, like yeah. the the hands pose to like in his suit, in his
1: business attire. Like he's a genius. Mm-hmm. He's he's the coo- he, that made him the coolest CEO, president. It made him everything. He's coolest
2: double CEO. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, that was that was a great moment. I think everybody just sort of got hyped for it. And it was just a great way to just get people into it. Because not only were they having fun with the robot chicken stuff, but they were having fun with their just themselves as well.
0: The robot chicken stuff was
2: phenomenal.
1: N- Nintendo, <laughs> I mean, a, a lot of people, they give them – a lot of people give them hell about a lot of things. But I will say when it comes to presentation – Don't say
0: Chris. Yeah. Do you think that we do that maybe sometimes?
1: <laughs> you know, I I will say I am one of these people. Uh, some a lot of times. However, like when they want to put on a show, they put on a damn good one. It is. Yeah. It is. I was. It is fantastic.
0: I was definitely <laughs> in the cap, camp. Sorry to. I'm sure you have more to say, Derek. But uh, that's cool. I uh, <laughs> just want to say that, like, I was definitely annoyed with people's reaction to the Nintendo Digital event because of that. The mm-hmm. director in E3. Because uh, I liked it as a show, but a lot of people were annoyed by it. No, I, I thoroughly
2: enjoyed
1: uh, the gym
2: sh- Yeah, as a show, it was perfectly fine. It was the – I always took it that people were uh, more upset about what was was shown rather than the yeah. show itself. Because yeah, the show right. itself was great.
0: Because <laughs> some people said it was boring, and I was just like, it's not no. boring at all.
2: It was just sad that like with you not see more puppets. puppets.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, the cute little dances. Oh my God, uh, they were so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: I think some people just don't have the patience. Like they're, they're at E3, they want I want news, 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 news about every right. little thing. They don't uh, care about the, they don't care
0: every... with the little things.
2: Watching, yeah, they don't care about the stories and how the, all being... the
0: inspirations and everything. Yeah, right. Being outside the the uh the hall before the I guess it was the first day at that point. Uh, what like sitting there with a bunch of people? I was standing there talking to. uh Nick Scarpino of kind of funny games. Uh, and he was asking me about the digital event. It was, everybody seemed to be enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, had no idea of the online reaction at that point, but based on the way that people were responding that were there, reporters, journalists, everything like that, uh, everybody seemed to be enjoying it a lot, uh, appreciating what was going on. Um, so it was, it was definitely strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know how I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was more that
2: it was just, it's a sense of fun. They were able to yeah. convey a sense of fun even though their actual lineup of games was admittedly weak in comparison to previous years.
0: It was questionable at the very least. Yeah,
2: uh, very it, odd choices.
0: <laughs> some of them required you to actually be there to yeah. play them before you understood how good they were. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Derek, were you at E3? Yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh Yeah, you guys yeah. met there. All right, so like in comparison <laughs> to what... It's how this happened? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> I mean, um, excuse me. Uh, in comparison to what uh, some of the other guys at ZI, um, so that's Jake, Caleb, and I. compared to what Adam saw, we had two totally different opinions. Oh, it was—it was, it was like—it
0: made for a wonderful back episode. To the, really? Yeah, if you listen back to the episode where we—it uh, we, was—we recorded it Thursday night in the hotel room mm-hmm. after E3 had just ended, and they recorded their segment that at the same time. And we both had our reactions and ours was very positive, uplifting, we were very excited. It's and a, theirs was just the It's
2: mm, not They were the, mad.
0: It's not that we're <laughs> we were uber mad or anything about it.
1: it I mean, just... you
2: were
0: the most positive
2: I think I mean, of all of them. What what games were you guys talking about? In ge- just all of them in general
0: or we spent most of our time talking about uh uh Triforce Heroes. They spent most of the time discussing the entire show because okay. we we talked more about the hands-on experiences that we had and they talked more about like Seeing things from online. Yeah, we we, yeah. we, 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 we went, kind of like, idea.
1: through, like, like from beginning to end, all the, the Nintendo event, and then right after that, we, we discussed some other things that we, we saw during the E3. Um,
0: like the PC Gamer Show and the, the Bethesda Conference. T- the PC
1: Gamer that. Show was, like, ugh. Mm. I don't want to talk about that. Like, I, I, <laughs> I wasn't paying... I had it next to me playing my PC while I was playing Smash Bros. with my friend. I was like, I, I'm just going to listen to this. I don't even want to take notes on this. <laughs> I had like five pages of everything else. I was like, all right, this is enough.
0: I, I want to ask Derek, mm-hmm. uh, both after you get to, I guess your thought on this. Um, I want to ask, you know, your thoughts on some of the things that happened during theory in right. general, like Oh sure, some like specific events that happened. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Uh, did you have uh, anything else you wanted to
2: add? Uh, I guess going back to the actual topic that Taylor brought up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's uh, what I meant. <laughs> uh, a uh, water himself, like it's honestly, like, Probably one of my favorite things and is something I just recently saw was when Andre created his, uh, Game Explains tribute to Awada. He had a nice little section at the bottom, at the end there that I've never seen before, uh, where it was, they were talking about Smash. I believe it was Melee or the original or something like that. Soon after Reggie had introduced himself and Awada came out and he said he had played Smash against Reggie and, uh, had completely creamed him. And if you had, <laughs> if you saw Reggie play at, uh, the, uh, at the world championships yeah. mm. that's not surprising at all <laughs>
0: i i wouldn't be surprised if anyone could be if anyone couldn't be Reggie. like it, it's
1: just, you know i actually i i completely overlooked that i didn't even want to watch it because i heard there's a lot of things that happened during the world championship that were just i
0: had to watch it it was i enjoyed it, it. definitely it was definitely like and that's actually what i wanted to talk about so a perfect segue uh <laughs> uh i thought it was Something that we needed to definitely compare to the Smash Bros tournament of last year Mm -hmm. to see, because they they seem to be wanting to do this as a yearly thing, something along these lines of like some kind of tournament or event. Um, The Smash Bros tournament was held, was done well. It was done, but not good. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, the commentary. There was a lot of moments,
1: but it was pretty good.
0: Commentary was okay. They had some good commentators. They had the guys that were Smash Bros commentaries. They had D1. They had. uh, uh, Prague, they had uh Scar, but, yeah, and they're Those and they're are... great
2: commentators. But my problem with that was they're not used to items like they like Nintendo insists on having right. items on, and these guys have no idea what they are because they're just not used to commentating commentating about them.
0: They're not used to like getting into that rhythm of talking about them. There's some brawl people they could have got, but they didn't, mm-hmm. or brawl commentators that would have been a little bit better handled for this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you really got to give these
1: guys the game for a week or two and just have them figure it all out before they go on stage and, like, kind of do this for the first time. They did
0: have some time before with it before. I think there was actually a video uh, that Milk Tea did about the... Uh, she's a, one of the uh, competitors last year. Yeah. Right? In the uh, She did a whole behind-the-scenes thing about, like, how that worked. I, I don't remember most of it, so I'll link it down below if you want to watch it and see what actually happened, like how they were treated, how much time they got with the games, etc., uh, but just there were a lot of things on without the game itself. There were a lot of things outside of that that weren't handled well. There were a lot of moments where people on stage seemed very confused as to what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Keeley was just he. There was this mysterious booth that he was constantly talking to, which you know usually happens. But he he was like, guys, I need an answer now, and they're they're taking their sweet time to tell him who won or who the crowd liked the most because they had these little panel things. They're the, the like, little signs. Lead. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. which I kind of, which is, would have been a decent thing, but they could have just done this through like some sort of app or something or some sort of like, uh, some sort of, they had (laughs) not some sort of cheer system,
2: but, but but here's the thing is that it's much more impressive visually to have those posters up. Well, here's the thing
0: is the, the posters themselves, and you could have done like this. They, They could have had a system set up that like had like not like buttons or numbers on the posters themselves. So, people understand,
2: like, so there was, like, an easy way for it to track what was being shown. That seems more complicated to me as far as their end. I mean, yeah, it's just still the complication of trying to actually calculate all that stuff. But right. But it's also, but like, it's, having a button that goes to the thing. Having thousands and, of people. Yeah, but yeah. having, like, thousands of people.
1: Not like, so like, like, you only small use this posters. thing once. Yeah. So, exactly.
2: They could have, they
0: could have, they could have used it for other things in the future. It was just, it was just like, there are better ways they could have handled this. I'm not saying that this is the worst way, but it was definitely not a great idea.
1: I mean, think about it. Free posters when you leave. That's pretty good. No, great. they
2: took, no, they took them back. They yeah, took you them. You don't get the booklet. Yeah. yeah they, oh, they give you a booklet. I, I actually got a funny, I, take, I actually got a funny story about that. Um, oh, okay. So one Go of the, one of the things is, is if you left there, you had to give that poster back. Uh, they were claiming all, of, you could not keep them for yourself. That whole flipbook of all the different characters. And, uh, we went, of course they had that, uh, round table just uh thing going on later where did you go to that yes uh where they actually is where they revealed pac-man for the first time and one of the people there the person that um asked did the stupid question uh to sakurai saying hey if i play you in a match and beat you could i be part of the development team and try to or try to help with the balancing and whatnot and uh sakurai responded to him have you ever developed a game no, no. <laughs> <It's just laughs> essentially, he's like, no, you can't do it. And he had actually <laughs> held up his uh, poster from that event uh, in. It is a way to try to get oh, called no. one, and they took it from him as he was leaving the, leaving the round table. Oh, no,
0: he almost got away with one.
2: Yep. Uh, uh, what and, a fool. But, but so it, it felt like karmic justice in that case because he was just <laughs> being an idiot.
0: <laughs> yeah, he definitely was. Uh, man, but the I I, I
2: I will say that going back on topic is uh, the world championship. I think was much better ha- uh, handled than the was Smash it handled world. well though. No, Yo, <laughs> you don't think so? I think I don't. I, it was. Not perfect, but it felt better. It was better than last year. Yes. And that's true. They'll improve upon it uh, as, as they go on. Right. But I thought they I thought the, the speed running and trying to get to certain, like, it was funny, the classic games that they showed off in the, the losers bracket was actually a bit more entertaining to watch than the, it was funny because there was someone who was
0: clearly better than everyone else. I think we just should have kept
1: the Nintendo World Championship back in like the, the 20th century where it belongs. I'm not sure we needed it cut, we needed this as a comeback in 2015.
0: Maybe I think definitely they they shouldn't be trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Well, I, I um, mean I, I like look the what same they did with way. Smash
1: Brothers like when they did the introduced the whole Smash Fest and the Smash World tournament, like that was hype. That was amazing. Oh, it was exciting.
0: Oh my yeah, god. No, was... I
1: was so into that I stayed on the entire live stream.
0: It was also better like handled. Like there was a consistency, it's like, all right, we're gonna get actual Smash people and we're gonna get people that uh earned a spot. Dude they and got, that's how it's gonna they work. Brought back and it's Ken, for the game. Ken was my dog back in the day. <laughs> oh yeah, Ken. He's a big time veteran. He was basically the Michael Jordan of Smash Brothers for a long time. It if feels you can
1: like. compare Michael Jordan to Smash Brothers, then I, sh- I guess yes.
0: Yeah, I'm just <laughs> saying he was he was an unstoppable force for a long time. But he uh, lost,
1: unfortunately.
0: Of course, he, he, he retired a while ago because he wasn't wasn't on top for a long time after that. Yeah, after he uh was the reigning champion, uh, but the the. Event itself was kinda handled weird in that it felt like a lot of the time I was confused as to who was playing, especially with Splatoon, Mm -hmm. a game that's like all about, you know, who's doing the best and you know how the teams are being handled and things like that. I had no idea who was on which team at any given time. I had no idea who was playing which character at any given time, and that's a problem when I'm trying to root for certain people or trying to see who does better than others. I wanted to I wanted to see who was a good gamer, I wanted to see who was a bad gamer, I wanted to see who was having fun with it. I wanted mm-hmm. to know these things about these people. I wanted to learn about them as a gamer, but they didn't let me because they were worried about like people making fun of other people, and it's, it's you can't do that in a competition. It's it's a competition. It's a ranked system. Like it's it's built into there where someone is a winner and a loser. Don't don't like try to hide away that the fact that someone lost if you're gonna make something like that.
2: It's more difficult. I can see how it'd be a bit of a. Uh... In, more difficult to show that off, uh, at least consistently, with something like Splatoon. But for example, when they were doing the speedrunning th- stuff in the losers bracket, uh, you could easily tell who was who. Uh, and of course, that was the, perfect. Yeah, and of course, was- at the end when they had the Super Mario Maker stuff, uh, that was handled really well as as well. Um, yeah, I thought the Mario, Mario stuff was fine. The Mario Maker stuff honestly made that show for me. That was the best way to show off that game and get people interested because those were awesome uh levels and it was was really cool to see people try to get through that another Uh,
0: episode that i recommend of game center is the one where he where arino gets to take uh mario maker mm -hmm. and put a bunch of people through the levels that he makes i've seen that one it's really good one of them is miyamoto and it's hilarious Mm. (laughs) uh so i highly recommend it uh just a good show in general if you like that sort of thing it's funny dude actually a really good comedian so just throwing that out there sorry <laughs> uh mario maker was uh was one of the games that a lot of people were saying was like the big thing for E3 this year it seemed like a lot of people I, were saying that it was going to be like the the nintendo's big blockbuster this year it was, I it was funny agree with that i i disagree with it too you you
1: both disagree but what do with you, you it?
2: wait you 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 disagree with it or you agree with it i disagree with it no i agree with that really, really?
0: you think that mario maker is the like the biggest game this year from nintendo
2: Yes, but what? go ahead. Uh, well, oh, okay. okay, okay, Sorry. Chris. The reason I think that is because every video that we put out for them uh, as part of Game Explain is doing huge. People have ideas. They, they, they it's very simple to use. Uh, the levels got people excited. People are having ideas about this sort of thing, and if they can nail the online interface with how you share uh, levels with each other, this could become huge. I already know plenty of people who's like, I want to make this level and challenge this person and make that a video of how they challenge my levels and just back and forth all the time, how they want to go at each other like right. this. And it becomes, there's already this built-in community with people that want to do this stuff. And I don't think any other game has quite the buzz. Star Fox, yes, is technically a bigger game, but it doesn't. No, I don't doesn't think
0: it. it's Star Fox either.
2: Uh And there's all these other ones. Okay, what would you say is the biggest game for the uh, the biggest for this un-
0: year i'd say this is not going to surprise you considering where i work so but i think triforce heroes is a monster of a success waiting to happen
2: potentially not I'm, yet. not I'm not i'm not sold on that yet
0: right but do you understand why i think i i could think that way
2: oh of course of course because i love that game as well yeah I, I, that was one of my favorite games to play at the show
0: yeah it was it was the game i played the most and i did not regret it at once because every single time it was great, and they've only announced good things since. Where you can do download play again, which I'm happy they're bringing it back because I haven't seen a game, a good game with download play in a long time from Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's something that's really quick. It's the it's the it's the Zelda multiplayer experience I've wanted yes. for a long time. Same, here, and that's that's why I was very happy with it.
1: I will say this much because I know I, unlike you guys, I was not at at E3. Yeah.
3: Um. <laughs>
1: so my opinion on this is a little different. However. I did manage to end up at Best Buy uh, at one of the same days where they were showing off Mario Maker. Uh, however, mm-hmm. in comparison to last year, for when they were showing off Smash Bros, it was not nearly as big as a turnout.
2: Well, there was but, never, it was, there was no chance of it being you're earning that much of a turnout as n- Smash Bros. Yeah,
1: not in a million, uh, not a million years. Um, mm-hmm. However, but the crowd that was there, they were probably like so excited about this game, like, I heard all sorts of types of things. I think Dare... I'm sorry. No, 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 it's fine. I'm just saying, like, from, as as far as Mario Maker goes, like, I heard a bunch of things about these things, I saw these people play these games, I I was hearing all these things, looking at these levels, I'm like, wow, this looks really interesting. This could possibly provide people with content on the internet for, like, days, seeing their favorite, like, personalities, people playing this game, going through all the hard levels that people are going to create, and just Gotta get so mad. I I wouldn't go as far as saying this is the star of the Nintendo's Direct. And I wouldn't go as far as saying that the um this Triforce Heroes is either. Uh, what do you think it is? Uh this is probably gonna be very odd. Uh, not very odd. Um I, I'm gonna say it's Star Fox. Because we haven't had a Star Fox game in a long time.
2: Right. I want to agree with that idea, but I feel like they goofed a little bit with the Star Fox presentation because it looks so much like 64, mm-hmm. and they're claiming it's not a re. They're claiming it's not a sequel or a prequel or anything like that. It's a reimagining. It's Pretty essentially another. Re- it's another freaking it's, it's, remake. We're
0: getting rid of Crystal. That's what it is. Don't uh, yeah. lie. <laughs> we know what it is, Nintendo. We know what you're doing here.
2: Yeah, it, it's something to that effect, and it's just <laughs> it, it's. I want them to do something new and interesting with it beyond. Just the new set of controls they have, which is fine. You get used to them after a while. They're not quite that intuitive in my in my opinion, but it's still Star Fox, and they it's 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 one of those series that people have wanted to see for a while. But I don't see it being that big, wide stream, uh, that big mainstream success that Mario Maker or even Triforce Heroes could be. I had
0: it was surprising because at E three, the the thing that I looked for the most was seeing how people handled the games. Because for me, a lot of them are very easy, but a lot of people at E3, and these are people that are like dedicated to the video game industry, a, lot, like, a good <laughs> number fi- of them. No,
2: you'll find very quickly that people that go to E3 are v- terrible at video games. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know a lot of them are.
0: It, which is surprising, because I'm terrible at video games, and even I could... Like, I remember, I, I mentioned this before, but I remember one of the, uh, the girls that was working in one of the booths was saying, I'm running, like, the Mario booth, and you don't think that I would have to explain to people how to play Mario, <laughs> but I've had to tell people how to press jump.
1: Yep. Oh, that's, that's, that's nice. That's lovely. I, I trust like, these people with my with my games and my reviews. Like, the, uh,
0: like the, the Star Fox demo was, people were taking half an hour to play it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's
0: a 10 minute demo at best.
3: Mm-hmm. But yep. people were
0: taking 20 minutes. And it's baffling. Like the reason that line was so long, the reason that... There was so few people that got to play Star Fox. The, the whole experience thing with the uh, R wing and stuff is because people just were having a tough time with that game more than any other. They were having a tough time with that game because it's it's a it's a dogfight game, a space shooter dogfight thing, mm. which means that you know you have very interesting control, interesting control setup. And as a kid who played a lot of Rogue Squadron on the GameCube as a kid, I know that there are games that have really good controls and games that have really bad controls when it comes to flying uh, dogfight games. Uh, this doesn't necessarily fall on the latter end of or the former end of that spectrum it's it's very much in the middle where it's like I get it I don't think it's the best way they could have set this up but it's not I mean not to mention bad. you also
1: have to differentiate between like your regular TV screen and then like your your gamepad screen
0: mm-hmm. people were asking if that's actually useful and I think yes entirely I thought it was
2: I very didn't use... hmm? I didn't use it
0: at all <laughs> you didn't need to but uh-huh. you can and it does help if you want it I mean that... I that just goes back to the conversation that
1: I, me personally, I just don't like the gamepad in general. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm going to use it because I have it, and you know, that's what I'm going to have to stick with for now. I just feel mm-hmm. like they really need to implement an actual controller, sort of like the GameCube, sort of like make their pro controller their controller, if anything. However, I, I mean, I don't like the design of the pro controller. I'd rather them have, like, a, a modernized GameCube controller. If not, just put the GameCube right. controller out for this
0: for this system. <laughs> I mean, well, we've been talking a lot about uh, the Nintendo talk a lot about these games, about Star Fox being this, like, we haven't seen a Star Fox game in a while, you know, we talked about Iwata for a little bit. Uh, One of the things I want to talk about this week uh, was, what do you think makes for a gaming legacy? What do you think makes Iwata's legacy what it is? What do you think makes Star Fox what it is? What do you think makes Zelda like this sort of, this legacy in its own right? Either as a creator or as a game, what to you really defines
3: that?
1: Um, That's Zelda quite is, the question. <laughs> yeah, it is I quite mean, the question for Zelda in particular. It's it's sort of like generational. I don't think that originally they when they thought about the game that they knew it was going to be this huge success. Like many things, when people make and they become, you know, like commercial successes, I don't think they really thought about Zelda and how how long it would last. And the fact that it's lasted this long, I mean, we're about to go into like our I don't even know how, which one number game this is, but like, it's incredible to think that something that can go from like this just eight bit little adventure—you you you barely had a story—you just kind of knew you were this guy. Uh, you had like a little intro. You you got some items. You just kind of went around.
0: You yeah. could even start the game and play it without the sword for a little while.
1: Exactly, mm-hmm. like, and now it's this big three D open world adventure. Like, geez, <laughs> I mean. How did you get from one end to the other? I don't know. It's 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 crazy, and in something like Star Fox, it's like well, Star Fox is I don't even want to talk about it because it's been through a lot of it's been through a lot of iterations, <laughs> and uh, it I will say it hasn't gotten the the real attention, not necessarily the intention, but like the real care that Star Fox needs. I hope this new game it gets that care. I haven't played it. You have. I've only seen so much. I've liked what I've seen so far. I really do. Um, I just I don't know it until it's in my hands. It felt slow. Well, I i don't know it until you it's in what? my hands.
2: I'm just going <laughs> to warn you. It feels very slow. <laughs> I also think we're looking at a... The demo that we played was a very early version of it. I think they already have right. a newer, updated version. But this is probably the most solid Stable. one. Yeah, yeah. Which is what happens a lot with E3. So you yeah, can't really course. judge... Uh, graphics based on that. But as far as the legacy question, uh, to me, it's a mark of... Quality. Oh, I wasn't
0: talking about graphics. I meant like the actual feel of momentum and things like that. Yeah.
2: I, I still... It's a general thing that... that oh, yeah. Just a, the general idea. But, it's yeah. still rough. Um, right, right. But anyway, about the legacy stuff, it, to me, it's a mark of quality. Uh, it's yeah. a quality that people recognize. Awada, uh, they recognize uh, his level of quality, the quality he brought to Earthbound, the quality he brought to Pokemon, uh, and so forth. Z- uh, Zelda consistent quality uh, carried that game and became so great because look at look at the run it had it had the original Zelda a bit of a stumble with Zelda 2 although looking back at it I think that's gotten the love that it's 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 gotten the fan following yeah there's there's a a lot
0: it's Adam you love Zelda 2 well you don't love it like you you I don't love it it.
2: I, I appreciate
0: a lot of things about it I don't really have a
2: It It introduced a a lot. They were trying
0: to go for something
1: else. Exactly. It introduced a
2: lot. And surprisingly, a lot of of what was introduced in that game did stick around just in different ways. Uh, And then you have... And I would love more
0: from that to stick around, actually. Like more of the RPG sort of elements and things like that. Like Mm -hmm. the overall difficulty of the game was good and bad in different degrees. Uh,
2: Depending on, yeah. But (laughs) but (laughs) But then you had Link to the Past um, then Which had, is a perfect uh, game. Exactly, Link's Awakening <laughs> and uh of Time, Majora's Mask. You had this lineup of every game just stepping up the quality and showing how good it could be.
0: Every new generation that came in to play these games had a quality title. Was captivated by it, was captivated by, it. by the quality. They weren't like they weren't pulled out of the the immersion because of how well they were made. They were designed well. They they were designed with a lot of a uh, lot of love.
2: Exactly. So no matter where you entered it at, at what era, you had a quality title that you could really recognize and enjoy. And I think that's why it has its legacy as it is. Now compare that to Star Fox, where the original people loved, and people love sixty four, and those are the two that people remember, especially sixty four. Everybody talked about sixty four uh, when I was a kid. I still talk all the about sixty four. Exactly, people loved it because it had that quality. And then you get into the later games where they didn't really know what to do with it, so they had Star Fox Adventures and Assault, and they are fans of that. They were trying to keep. The,
0: th- they were trying to keep it up as opposed to actually trying to put these ideas they had into the series. It was, it was exactly. more like we had a we had a game. It was done. Let's stick Star Fox onto it because it'll sell better, maybe.
2: Exactly, or in Assault's case, let's try to bring him back to what he's doing, but we can't, we can't make a game with just him dogfight the entire time. That's boring. So we got to introduce these on foot missions I mean, or whatever, whatever. We are trying I mean,
0: to like spice it up too much.
2: I mean,
1: I wouldn't say it's too much. Um, they were just, I, I, I feel like it was important for them to, to test the waters with something new, even though whether they were good games or bad games, like it, it was important for them to try. Like, where's their sweet spot? Where's their sweet spot with Star Fox? And mm-hmm. I feel like they realize, all right, well, it looks like you know, dogfights and in air is like kind of our thing, uh, well, mm-hmm. for now at least, because um, that's how it was on the DS. I remember, um, right. I forgot what the name of the DS game was, but I I played uh, it for Command. a Command. Yeah, I love Star Fox Command. Like just having mm-hmm. Star Fox in my on the go on my D, on my DS Lite, like wherever I was going, like it was it was great. It was a good game. I know a lot of other lot of people I think that don't aren't really big fans of it, but I mean, in comparison to like some of the other stuff that we got. But
0: it didn't have the the sort of legacy that these other games had. No. Like Metroid that's... Metroid Sever has a similar fate where it had uh Super Metroid and the original, and then it had uh, the Metroid Prime series. But other than that, almost every other game has this really mixed to hated sort of
2: reaction from the fan base. I would argue that one. Um Yes, the original Metroid, but people I've I've seen universally agree well. that a lot of people yeah, Fusion Zero Mission are also great games. Uh Metroid Prime two, of course, is back and forth. The only game in the Metroid series I feel has outright hate towards it is of course Other, Other M. M. Yeah. And and I think that's what I think the legacy of getting back to that is if there's that one title that if they just Fussing around trying to figure out what to do with it, and they're not consist- consistently getting that quality. That's where it loses its legacy, and that's why Star Fox is just not as big as Zelda right. or Mario. And the same I, with I Metroid. The, as much as I love Metroid, but yeah. Metroid, me, a, me, Metroid
1: it, and, and Star Fox are in different levels, though, because Metroid it, or it had I want to say five games that were up to par, and then with their mm. latest one, they they were like, all right, it destroyed let's, everything. It was, now, it was actually yeah, like, amazing now how let, much they crushed
0: it. their own. They they crushed the the, the the growth that they had worked so hard to maintain since the beginning. Exactly. And it's kind of this interesting sort of relationship where people wanted a, a second chance. They wanted Metro to get back up and, and swing again, but Net- uh, then Nintendo threw in the towel and decided that they wanted to take a break and, and try to figure out what they were doing with that series. And then we got uh,
1: Federation Force.
0: <laughs> and we're not sure where that one's going to lie. I'll tell yeah. you this, it's probably going to be better than other M. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, there, unlike, unlike a lot
1: of Federation people, Federation Force forward can to totally it. be fun. Yeah.
2: There, there, it's, it's totally possible for Federation Force to be fun. The problem is, to many people, it's not a Metroid game. I, like, I, I, I,
0: that's I feel like, but the, the question is, will it still bring back Metroid? That's what a lot of people are wondering and hoping will I, happen.
1: I just, I don't want them to be like, oh, okay, people like this Metroid Prime Federation, let's do Prime Federation 2. That's, that's what I'm <laughs> hoping will happen. I just, don't. I'm
0: hoping it's, it's more like, we need to reintroduce the franchise to people because it's kind of lost its, I'm, its notoriety. Yeah. And so we should try to introduce them to this, see how it does, see if people are interested in the IP, and from there try to figure out what we're doing. That, yeah, so maybe, that
1: sounds like a good idea. Yeah.
0: I don't know. It's also <clears throat> supposed to be sort of a tour. Of the Metroid Prime universe, not really a, a Metroid game itself. It's more a side game than anything. I'm I'm out. open
1: to the idea of like starting a new type of like you know you, if you want to start not necessarily start from scratch a new adventure uh, yeah new adventure not necessarily even Prime but, like because I I feel like well, Metroid- Prime's done as a
0: series it's yeah just
1: so like why not something it. I don't know what they would call it but like Metroid something and like have that something be really cool and Metroid marketable. The Next
0: Generation, and Patrick Stewart's there, and he's shuffling his shirt a little bit each time he walks. And uh... that, that sounds fine to me, as long as it's good.
3: <laughs>
2: I, I just want to see some Metroid game pick up after Fusion, because they had this cool send-off at the end of Fusion where you didn't know what was going to happen next, and they could c- continue the Metroid uh, name because Samus was part Metroid at that point. And I was really curious what they were going to do with it, and they haven't done anything since. And that's what's driving it the most nuts. They have they all these have, like loose ends. Uh, not even loose ends, but there's still all this potential they have. They have these right? story and they have arcs, and they've not done it's anything like, with it.
1: Yeah, right, right. It's the that would, I think, that would be the an, an ultimate fan service that Nintendo could provide us.
2: We
0: should totally yeah. start a petition for that.
2: Because <laughs> petitions always work. Yeah, like the, I mean,
0: thousands. 000- okay, can we talk about this really quick? I'm a little bit mad. Okay. And uh, go ahead. Uh, some people might not like this. I'm mad about the petitions to make Iwata an
2: amiibo. I mean, that I'm. The heart's in the right place, but it's it's you're talking it's about products.
0: Taste. Yeah. You're talking about making a man's death into a product. I wouldn't mind yeah, in a water stage that's like free. I wouldn't Um, mind stuff that references or, like, in the case of some games where you have a character that's, like, supposed to be in honor of, like, you have a character that looks like him and has, like, sort of the same style of speaking and things like that, as sort of, like, a digital representation of the person as, like, a memory, like, especially in a franchise they love, if they do Earthbound 4, hopefully... Uh, a character that is supposed to be based off Iwata, like a shopkeeper or something, would be nice. It'd and be nice, simple, and it's very much in the style of things that he would have wanted.
1: And if he does his like pointering hands and like does them like, kind yeah. of, like sho- that, that would be cool. I would
0: like that. I'd be like, That's bring cute. the prices directly to you. <laughs> exactly. That <laughs> I would enjoy that. And as soon as you leave the shop and you're like close, he does please enjoy as you walk please. out.
1: Like that—that that would be. I weird. love this. <laughs> that would be better than an amiibo. In my i i don't need something well, physical right. to represent, you know, a wada. I mean, it's—it's it's cool to have those things, but you know, you—you wouldn't be handled well enough. No, no you're we, the, we
2: We've seen their handling of amiibos. It would be rare. It would be going to scalpers really quick and be going for a huge price. And so they would uh, be terrible
0: quality.
1: Speaking yeah. of which. I, uh, I'm i sorry to just, like, kind of go a little off topic, but speaking of, like, those dang scalpers, I uh I got around them the other day, and I got myself a Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wii U adapter, an actual Nintendo-licensed one. They're after. back in stock. They are, but they... You know how long it's been? I've it's been... it a long, long time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, yeah. it's been long. I got long time. Uh, Amazon restocked recently. I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting one right now.
0: That's the thing about <laughs> a lot of the Nintendo's products, it seems like. They restock, but they don't tell anyone, ever. <laughs> uh, a friend, I forget a, who was telling me. A lot supposed, of but... places,
1: they're, they they sign a contract with these companies. Like I know GameStop, they're under a contract, so they can't talk about it until the day of.
0: That's mm. and it's absurd because it's like it's abusive to the fans and it's abusive to the company that they're using as a distributor. It just seems it doesn't seem right to me.
1: It, it uh, I mean, no, I, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, like, I I guess it's just so that they can. Keep some profits and stuff like that. Like, hey, we'll we'll give you this amount and we'll pay you this much. Just don't talk about it because we're working on the issue right now or something like that. I don't know. They're, they're trying to cover I've... all their all all their loose ends. They're trying to make sure that yeah. they're going to be safe legally and everything.
0: Maybe I I heard that they do give announcements sometimes. They did announce Marth. That was the only one that I've ever seen. But I've heard that there were other announcements about other amiibo being re uh, manufactured. Mm-hmm. But it's not the only other one. I think was the villager one because they did a re, re they did an update of mm-hmm. the uh, the design. Oh well, yeah, did they change uh, his eyes or something? Yeah, they made them smaller and they they fixed the placement of them. It looks a lot better.
1: I I, I don't know. I like the other ones. It was he made it more. I didn't eerie. say the other one was
0: bad. It just looked better. <laughs> it, just, it just
1: made him more eerie to look at.
0: <laughs> he looks so happy on the outside, but inside lies a cold, heartless monster that will drop trees on his foes. <laughs> terrible thing to do.
1: I was at, I was and at a cool. con recently, and I saw someone who did, had like a bunch of buttons on sale, and uh, all the art that they had of um villager he yeah. had like splattered blood all over his face. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I,
0: I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> this yeah. is great. Oh, Speaking almost. of terrible things, uh, we have another fan topic that I'd like to get to. Oh, uh, it's, this is it's
1: a terrible one. Uh,
0: okay. <laughs> it's it's a little terrible. Because it makes me mad. If you
1: have terrible fan topics, please feel free to send them to ZeldaInformer at Zelda Adam, what is it?
0: Zeldinformerpodcast at gmail dot com.
1: That's Zeldinformerpodcast <laughs> at gmail dot com.
2: Thank you, Chris. You're, You're very welcome. <laughs> send this more is... terrible ones, apparently.
0: Yeah, send us your terrible, terrible topics so we can be sad, but you can laugh at our misery. Yeah. Um, Also send us your fan fiction because you've started doing that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, Derek, did you hear? We uh, last week we had to read a fan fiction at the end of the episode. Oh, fine. Yeah, Yeah, because we uh, we've been like we were like saying like, oh yeah, send it to us, we'll totally read it. And then someone called us out on our bluff, and we're like, oh, well, (laughs) you
1: asked, you asked for it. Yeah, I guess so. They made me a drug addict, and it was wonderful. You looked into
2: the. he looked into the, into the abyss expecting not to blink, and you blink. You blink. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it.
0: Uh, uh, but here it goes. Dear Zelda Informer, I was just wondering what your thoughts on a Zelda MMO were. Would you want it to be heavily PvP or more role-playing? What would the characters be, and so on? I would want something like Elder Scrolls Online where you choose your faction, which could be Zora, Goron, or Hylian in this case. You could have an area for role-playing and co-op questing and an area for PvP. Anyway, sorry for the question going on so long. We would love to hear your opinions. Thank you, Owen from England. Thank you, oh, Owen.
1: Okay, number one, I want a race system and I want to be a Goron.
0: Here's my <laughs> counter argument. How about no and no? How about no <laughs> system, no game? That's it. We just don't do it.
1: <laughs> no M. Oh, right. I don't think his well MO would work at all because we. But anyway, I don't, let's, I don't let's, like let's, the thought didn't... about. I don't like the thought about doing like PVP or more quest oriented. Because Adam, you and I know this from Star Wars: The Republic. They just mm-hmm. took out a bunch of the stuff. Doesn't that... work. Oh my god! Yeah, it, you it can't doesn't...
0: have a chosen one character in an MMO setting. Doesn't work. Yeah,
1: mm. I mean, Adam and I have this conversation frequently about MMOs and how they are less immersive, and it's just because of the fact they're MMOs, and that would require a. Ton they're immersive more work.
0: in a different sense that most games aren't. They go mm. against traditional sort of ideas.
1: They're of less, but they are less immersive. Well, at least to you, explain like it. Your choices that you make in these games—they don't affect the world around you. Now it's because everyone's in the same world around you, so that means everyone has to be on the same level, on the same page. Someone is year. always
0: going to be level one.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and so the game always has to be ready to deal with someone at level one.
1: Exactly.
2: Um, I don't—I don't play MMOs too often. Um, I just—I like to go to a lot of different games, and I can't really dedicate to one for a long amount of time. Um, but a Zelda MMO to me just would not work. Uh, it does uh, this. It, yes, it's a cool setting, but they're always smaller settings. Uh, yes, you have a lot of races, but what do those races really do outside of a few characters? Even then, it all comes down to Link. Link is, and such, those
0: races are so like, they're so like limited to where they can go.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I wish I could be a Goron and I wish I could get the Triforce. I mean, that's just my fantasy. That's what right. I want to I, I want to be a Goron. I,
2: I, I just. If I could be you gone, get that in Majora's mask. <laughs> you know I mean? Just,
0: yeah, no, I mean,
1: but
2: if I've,
0: everybody's running around with a master sword and a piece of the Triforce, how special is that? Tri- that master sword
2: or piece of Triforce?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like weird.
2: Zelda thrives on a chosen one type story every time. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> a lot of people the, call it the power trip, but I, I disagree with that title. But it does make sense in this context.
1: In, in the great yeah. words of Spider-Man, everybody gets one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a neat idea and you could probably make it work but as a setting it just it just doesn't okay so uh,
1: i because i i, I want to fulfill our, our our audience's question our our owens yeah. question so let's okay. say but well, let's it,
0: finish tearing apart the idea of a zelda demo first, no i still have some more things to say n-
1: no i come on i just want uh, have it,
0: one thing left to say
1: Okay, fine. Then I have a thing. Well, actually,
0: two things. But this, well, the second one more has to do with the idea if there was. Uh but the first one has to be is uh, well, a. Well, that's what things reminds me of like, all with. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. I just want to say like in it. I just want to say like in a perfect Zelda MMO, it's perfect.
3: Okay, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll yeah.
0: talk about that in a second. Uh but one more thing is that a lot of things you do in an MMO are about not playing the game, as but like just having fun doing things that the game doesn't want you to do. Or like doing things like, "Hey, let's just get a bunch of people and have a race around this rock." And it's like, "That's cool, but that's not at the game. That's not at all part of the game. It's just something that you're doing." So yeah, it's like, uh, so, "What cool
1: emotes can I unlock?" Or just like, "Look at this yeah, like, armor okay. I've collected," or blah blah blah. It's just like, I don't know. Uh, I see it. Right. There's a, there's a lot of fun in the game that's not really the game. It's just the stuff that's in the game. The stuff that it has offered to you. Right. Like what what items you can have and all this type of. stuff. All the type of MMO things. That but in around. the
0: perfect Zelda MMO, what, the last yeah. boss is a an army of Cuckoo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what you want. That's what you that want. That is the
0: last raid boss. You <laughs> get 40 of your like your troops, and there's like 40 Cuckoo, and you fight all of them, and then a giant one appears, and that's the last boss in the game, and that's how you beat it. <laughs>
3: and,
1: okay. <laughs> now, yeah. now, Derek, what's your perfect Zelda MMO adventure like? Like, who are you? What do you do? Like... Tell me.
2: Google also has to re-race. Because I want to place a chicken. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, there is a... God. uh, There is a way to to make this work. um, (laughs) As far as story-wise. Because I always like to think of a game in terms of story. Of course, Um, yeah.
0: How does it make sense? That should be the first thing that you get in mind with. Mm -hmm.
2: The uh, dark timeline that leads to Link to the Past, where you have all the people... It's basically a war against Ganon's dark forces. So, you have an MMO where you're part of either choose, you get your two sides, uh, your horde and your alliance, if you're going off wow terms, you got Ganon's forces, as far as the dark, uh, a little bit of a Mad
0: Maxi sort of vibe.
2: Yeah. got the dark side for that one, and then you have all the light for- side forces, uh, on the others, mm-hmm. and it's basically show- showing, them trying to seal him away or trying to thrive uh obviously there's a canon can, uh, canonical ending to that sort of thing but you can still build off that right War, the world of warcraft
0: and... has a story to it there's a canonical like motion of these the the events that happen in the game but there's spots where players essentially fill in the gap mm-hmm. uh or like there was a guy who helped us do this one thing guess what your player's that guy yeah. But so is everyone else.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I think that would be the perfect setting for it as far as a time as a time a place to put it in the timeline. Uh, mm-hmm. because there's just that all these heroes and all these villains, and you can just pick a side and go off that way. Uh, and it's also a play time when Link is not around. So you don't have the shadow of Link just uh hovering over the entire game. Okay. He's doing the whole thing.
1: Oh uh, that I didn't think about that. That's really smart in right. terms of setting.
2: And then yeah. characters Races in the
0: game simply would have to be something like Hylian, Zora, goron and Chicken. Because if there's no chicken race, yeah, it's perfect, not a perfect game. It's not a perfect game, sorry. You gotta, you gotta have the
2: mist of Cuckoo yeah. expansion first.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, we should also include, <laughs> like, uh, Tektites. And uh, you can you can get, like, occupation. You could become part of the mail guild. And uh, you can just mm-hmm. run mail all over the place. The Mask
2: Clan. Yeah. The Mask yeah, Clan. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, just like uh, their mages uh, and stuff. As far as uh, as far as enemy races, you got the moblins, you got the Stalfos, the uh, there There's enough humanoid type enemies that you can do, each uh, you can use dark for nuts, that. exactly dark nuts, and have them run around and sort of be this uh, more elite unit than typical for uh, uh, Ganondorf since he is uh, it, commanding everything.
1: It would be mm-hmm. a pretty cool like story quest if you can go and fight your shadow self, sort of like how Link fights his shadow self, and like yeah and in, in, in right. any of the games that would that would be interesting then like you get a cool you power could have like a your... you could have
0: a patron goddess one of the three that you kind mm-hmm. of fight for like strength wisdom or courage and it's like defa- like it, it it helps out a certain meter so uh power would be your your health and then wisdom would be your magic meter and then uh courage would be stamina mm-hmm. so,
1: oh, simple uh, things like that i like that that's interesting it's just oh, simple
0: yeah. things to like add to the immersion of the world
1: however uh, you have a strict skill tree. You can't just go and get everything up. You gotta kind Also of, like, you specify. have motion
0: controls. <laughs> yeah. Because up. nothing in life can be perfect. <laughs>
1: um, oh, man. very, very exact um, motion you, controls. And you, you have, have to plan the Wii U. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um the other cool thing they could do, it'd be really difficult to do, but rather than parties fill you know, you have parties that fill a role. Rather than combat parties where everybody sorta of, everybody sorta of has their own yeah, combat roles, but it's also puzzle-solving roles, as we saw. With, oh, right, right. Uh, Triforce uh, Heroes. Triforce Heroes. You could do that with each race having a different um, role that they can solve and work together in order to solve puzzles, and that way to really carry on the vibe of Zelda. But,
1: but you can't do that quest unless you have three or more people in your party.
0: Right. right. That would be your basic like guild party or looking exactly for your sort of thing. It'd be a
2: different um, type. It'd be a different type of thing. I do like effect. the
0: idea of like. You, you form a party and then uh each player is assigned basically like a different role like uh the scout the 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 battler and things like that or the are the uh the strategist and each of them like goes on a different path within the dungeon and they're all connected but they're also somewhat locked into their own path well, like I'm Gwaron, for tank. example the the main party goes through the an area but there's like two like let's say there's a group of 6 so four of them go through this main area but the two uh Assigned to like the scout roles, go on the so- like the upper levels on the sides, and they're supposed to be like rangers and firing from a from a higher location.
3: And then you have people just like
0: you, go how, how would you battle them up that fun. way?
2: Though, I'm sorry. Uh, how would you funnel them that way, though? Because players, knowing players, they're not going to immediately know to go that way unless they're outright exploring that type of thing. So you either need a way to funnel them, or you have to make it so only certain classes can go that way, and other right. classes have to go that other way. Yeah, and your other restriction like is like the chat like a... is only
1: restricted to typing, and you can't use uh, anything vulgar,
3: mm-hmm. like in well, most MMOs.
0: If you, I mean, a lot. It's mostly well, the thing with MMOs also is like a lot of it is telling, not showing, because there's not really a way to show without, mm-hmm. like, causing too much of a demand on the actual game itself. So, just tell the players, you know, hey, there's some pathways that some characters can only go through. Like, there's, like, different colored doors that only certain classes, like, can go through. And it may be a simple sort of, like, uh, like, uh, what do you call it? A MacGuffin? Where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this, this only, like, this works just to, like, basically make the plot work. Uh, but you know, it's a game. <laughs> it's gonna have those. You have to <laughs> yeah. accept that. Uh yeah, there's there's potential there. Well, I think do I think it would be a good game? No. I it's it's still miss, missing the things that make Zelda the Legend of Zelda series what it is. You're not playing as Link, you're not gonna be playing as Zelda or any of the other cool characters that I really do enjoy in the series. But you might meet them along the way. You mm-hmm. might meet Link. You might meet uh Zelda. Oh, you
1: should get an exclusive Skull Kid race if you pre order it at GameStop.
0: <laughs> yeah plot twist it's a terrible uh, no. class it's a Terrible
3: <laughs> worse.
2: There, there's ways to make it work but i don't think it should happen but it, you know it's always fun to imagine how it could work and that sort of thing but to me the the golden franchise that of any it, nintendo thing that should be made into an mmo it's, it's pokemon oh uh, maybe no, po- a Pokemon MMO could so work.
0: Well, yeah, Adam. would be matter, difficult.
1: Adam, when you play Pokemon in general, the world doesn't really change around you at all. Kind of right. It's, everything's right. And same.
0: there's well, there's here's the thing. You could make it, but it would have to be focusing more on getting gym badges as opposed to anything else. And if you can do that, then it's fine. But as soon as you introduce legendaries or anything of that nature, where you can capture legendaries, it's not gonna work.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, because and what if everyone gets a legendary, or all? What if they only make seven legendaries? It, it and becomes only, like, a
0: game based on loot, and as opposed to actually like playing the game or like getting experience. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you could have um, what you could do is sort of make a compromise. where they, you can get the legendaries involved, but like uh as they're not, show, like, you can't actually catch up. You can't actually yeah. catch them. You just have like a new storyline involving that legendary. Oh, that would be yeah, yeah.
1: Oh uh, then you they're... could actually have rivals and stuff like that and it would be like with a player that like you've kind of sort of not that you started with but like mm-hmm. with the player Would you like
0: you to constantly... make this player your rival? Sure.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, no, there's it's, do tournaments that ways uh you could have different um go to the different uh regions and go just basically restart your gym battles each time and they they'd actually uh there's always been this theory that um the gym leaders pick Pokemon based on your current skill level, based on how many badges you have, and that would be a nice way to uh, sort of
1: or what uh, take if you that could, into account. What if you could be a gym leader and you can have the ability to become a gym
2: leader?
3: Exactly. And Doesn't
0: work in a multiplayer setting. Works in a single player setting, right? Uh, uh, where that's like a sto- sort of s- sideline story.
2: Uh, my uh, th- my way around that is uh, your guild is a gym.
0: Oh right, that's, and that's you ours. have
2: representatives uh, be the gym leader at different times, and that's how you uh, do that. You can have a whole territory devoted to uh, guilds establishing their own gyms, and you can battle each other to see who can control this gym.
0: You could have minor league and major league gyms. Like you introduce like, and any any gym that you form is a minor league gym, and they're just considered one of the many minor leagues. So you could be like, you could gain a certain number of like. Like, players could collect hundreds of minor league gym badges, but they also have to go and try and get major league gym badges. And then they can play the mm. league floor. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, certain, like, after a certain number of, like, wins or after defending your badge title a certain number of times, maybe you, you, your, your gym becomes more important. But it, it's still in the minor league. But that mm. way, you know, you have that system where you can have gym leaders without, you know, breaking the game.
1: I, yeah. I had a funny idea for a little mechanic. What if you put your character in standby while in a forest... And you have, like, your player radius on at a certain amount. So when someone walks in front of you, you walk up to them and be like, hey, I want to battle you. <laughs> and they can't escape no matter what
0: until you're actually in the
2: battle. That, that'd actually be really cool. That'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. You just haven't set it So, Chris, uh,
0: I was walking in the forest the other day. And uh, guess who stopped me? <laughs> yeah, it was Jake. <laughs> no, oh. it, was, it was you. Six How times. How the heck... Did you get six Charizards? (laughs) Where did you find six Charizards?
1: Oh, but then what if you beat me all the time and, like, you just took all my money? That would suck. (laughs)
0: Well, that's the other thing. is like, you'd be going from the the game's, like, collective pot as opposed to your actual money. Yeah. So, like, maybe a small percentage of your money gets taken as a result Mm -hmm. of losing, but most of it comes from the game's, like,
2: made-up sort of bank system. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I said, there's a lot of ways you can make it fun. Plus, it, there's such as like, world of Pokemon type thing that people would just really get into.
3: Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: But um, I, th- I, if anything, I think Pokemon MMO would be much more likely than a Zelda MMO. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Neither are going to happen yeah. ever, but because it's Nintendo, but right. yeah, it's still fun to think about. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Maybe that's for the best. Maybe <laughs> for once, Nintendo being Nintendo is for the best. Um, yeah. I have something to ask. I don't know if you guys are comfortable talking about this. Uh, who do you guys think will take over as the CEO of Nintendo of Japan, and Nintendo of America? Because Iwata ran both positions, if I'm remembering correctly.
1: I thought Reggie was Nintendo. Yeah, of America. Reggie's.
0: Yeah, Reggie's Nintendo of America CEO. Yeah. Oh, Reggie is now the CEO.
2: He was, always was. No, yeah. he's the president. What's the difference? I'm uh, pretty. Reggie runs Nintendo of America. As president, uh, yes. but
0: CEO was Iwata, for both Yeah, who nations. runs everything.
2: That's the difference. No, but like Reg I, I
0: think
1: what it is that, um, I think the Nintendo of Japan itself was like the he's the CEO of Nintendo in general, but like the yes. subsidiary that not necessarily subsidiary. Well, what is Nintendo of America? That CEO, he's still under the Nintendo. Of, like, no, Nintendo. no, that's
0: position is. I think either that position is combined with the Nintendo Japan CEO position, mm-hmm. or it falls under the, the or it's like something that Iwata also had. I think he was either, I, Iwata, fulfilling, I'm fulfilling on his both Wikipedia roles or, page
1: right now. He was president and CEO of Nintendo,
0: yeah. Because I know that, uh, well, here's the thing I know he was the president of Nintendo of Japan, Reggie was the Nintendo president of Nintendo of America, and Iwata was the CEO of both regions. There's a different guy for uh, Nintendo of Europe. All uh, altogether. Yeah. But that I was wondering who do you guys think was gonna basically take over? And this this doesn't even have to be the CEO position, but who do you think is gonna be taking over? Because I seen a lot of people say Miyamoto. Uh, and I think that's totally wrong.
1: Yeah, I don't think Miyamoto's for a number of step reasons. Up at all. Um and that's no I'm not saying that's offensive to Miyamoto. I actually no. believe he doesn't want to take the role, given the fact that I was reading articles earlier in the week that he's looking for successors already.
0: Successors for for his
1: position, he was
0: before this event happened. He was, he's been looking for a while for uh to retire essentially. Yeah, and uh, recently uh, it came to light that he is no longer the head of the hardware department at Nintendo, he's no longer Mm -hmm. running that division.
1: Yeah, who um, the the other man that is uh in the same kind of like position, yeah, him, I feel he would be much more likely to um, Takeda is most
0: likely going to be taking over uh Japan, in my opinion, and yeah. For Nintendo of America as CEO, probably it if they're willing to, because I think that Nintendo is hesitant to do this because Reggie is not Japanese. I think that he has the most... He, he should be in, as the CEO of Nintendo of America at this point because it just makes sense. But I can see them going in a, another direction entirely with making uh, Miyamoto or someone else as sort of a stand-in while they look for a more permanent uh, successor. No,
1: I, I completely agree with you. Um, It's just it was interesting I think like when that happened because that that was actually the first thing when Nintendo tweeted out the little message um on their on their Japanese Twitter they tweeted out like it's unfortunate that we have to announce a uh, water's passing currently the two people in 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 line is a uh, Takeda and uh Miyamoto they're and, handling things while he's while they're uh, figuring out the transition yeah. Um, yeah however I feel like at this point in time Miyamoto's actually
0: Bill Trennan was going to be taking part in the Evo Smash tournament. Oh, uh, but he stopped. But, yeah. But yeah. he had to cancel because now they based, Nintendo basically gathered everyone up and they are having meetings right now with all their worldwide uh, leaders to try and figure out what they're going to be doing.
1: Yeah. Um. This but is a
0: total surprise. I,
1: I feel like Miyamoto right now is more concerned about you know development of things at at the moment. You know, he's finishing up Star Fox. He's
0: He's a, God, he's a game developer. He's not a businessman at all.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure that's where he wants to keep where he's at. He, I mean, it's not that he doesn't care for the company or something. I mean, he of he course, course knows he, it's not
0: the position he, for him.
1: Yeah, he helped shape the company, but like he wants to be sure that he's handling the company on one end more. The things than that the made
0: other. him his, the things that defined his legacy for the has have defined his legacy for the company have nothing to do with his business and has more to do with his innovation and his uh, interest in creation as a developer.
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not so like he made Mario, Zelda. It would be, Zelda, it would be Kong. ill-suited
0: for him to be a business in a business position.
1: Yeah, um, I w- I won't even say ill-suited. I'm sure he could run the company just fine. But like, do do you really want Miyamoto running Nintendo? No, I want that man making games. That's yeah, what I want.
2: I think he does too. Yeah, I haven't really given much thought to it, uh, at all, um. Because nobody really comes to mind as somebody that would be able to take over. The only really criteria I have is I hope whoever they, they decide on is somebody that sticks to uh, Iwata's vision, uh, because I- Iwata has been slowly dragging Nintendo into the twenty first century and becoming more modernized with their whole thing with the mobile with mobile games market and the uh, idea of a theme park based on Nintendo characters and really making use out of their this huge lineup of their IPs. And I hope whoever takes over Nintendo recognizes this and basically continues his legacy and, yeah, maybe adds only his own spin I, to it, but... I think the yeah. only
0: thing that I want them to maybe... the Whoever takes over to maybe change is to reimagine their advertisement strategy as a whole because since the Wii, it's obvious. So a lot of people that you know their their advertisement has not been up to par mm-hmm. at least in terms of the hardware and things like that the consoles themselves uh which is partly why the wii u failed like the, the wii u advertisement was basically this is why we need a wii u and it's like that's something that someone who just got into advertisement school would think of as a as a great marketing idea
2: the, the, the bigger, the, the problem, there's two big problems with the Wii U is one that it didn't communicate that this was a brand new system. No, it, it confused is. a lot of people that they, a lot of people thought, oh, it's just, I get a gamepad along with my Wii now. Okay. Uh, the second thing that was a problem was they let the Wii flounder in its final, Days there is barely anything going on with the system. So there wasn't this natural transition like plenty of games, plenty of games, plenty of games uh, all the way through where you had people with interest. No, it, the Wii died for a yeah. year, and it took forever for the Wii U to get anything interesting. So there was a period there where there was just nothing to play. You know, it's funny and that you say that. that. hurt that
1: killed them. It's funny that you said that. There's, I was reading on a game that was coming out recently, or that is coming out very soon, and the only system it's coming out for is the Wii. Not even the Wii U.
0: And <laughs> I th- I, yeah, I found that really weird. Um... The other thing is that what the what Nintendo tried to do with the the Wii U is they tried to release games that were like these big major like block titles that were coming out on the Xbox and the, the PS3. But gamers had already locked into those systems. They already were invested in their Xbox 360 or their PS3 to play Call of Duty, to play Batman Arkham Knight, or Batman Arkham City they're not going to go to the Wii U and play a different version of it. While it might be a decent game, it's 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 not worth losing their loyalty to that console over. They didn't re- they didn't really make enough it, of an impact with exclusives and, and, and interesting games from the start.
2: It wasn't Albeit- enough for them to get a new system just for right. stupid gamepad controls. <laughs> right,
0: but if they if they had the marketing that they had for the Wii, they had figured out something similar. I think Nintendo Land was a strong enough game mm-hmm. on its own to to have had to revise that sort of love for like those like great family games that anyone can just pick up and play because I think Nintendo Land is one of the un unrecognized classics of modern Nintendo
3: mm-hmm.
0: and I, I, I'm saddened that more people don't love it as much as I do.
1: I mean, no, I mean, I don't want to speak for everyone. I like it; it's a good game. Yeah. Uh, pick, I can pick it up, put it down. Um, I do the same exact thing. I said this last week with Splatoon. It's more fun than Mario Party. Uh, well, Mario Party, it also takes a lot of time, mm-hmm. and you gotta do a lot of things, and it's a lot of groaning, and ugh, when's it my turn? But, like, in I... In Nintendo
0: Land, you get in there, and you play the game, and you're done. That's yeah. It. Oh, I, like, I think
1: I spend the most time in Nintendo Land in the Pikmin level. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that is I, my I, absolute favorite
0: I wasn't crazy about the Pikmin thing. I was more about Mario Chase, and, uh, the... Oh, I like
1: the Luigi's Mansion type
0: Luigi's Mansion was great.
1: Yeah. Perfect use like of the gamepad. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That was good. Um and but I think uh they have another one. It's it's Wizard of Zelda one. It's uh, you the know.
0: the archery one?
1: Yeah, I mean that one's was okay, but it's not, with the it's the slashing and stuff. Uh, yeah. That felt
0: satisfying. That was the thing. I I was mm-hmm. very satisfied when I was swinging my sword in that
3: game. Yeah.
1: I I guess I'll just stick with the um the um, Luigi's Mansion and right. the uh the Pikmin are the two I enjoyed the most out of that in the entire game. Right. Mm-hmm. But um as uh, I'm trying to I wanna go back to uh mm-hmm. just like as far as like the, the Wii and or the Wii U, like the fact that I can just pick out pick up and put down like a game like Splatoon. Mm-hmm. That that's good. I I like that to be able to feel like uh it's good I I like it on the gamepad. I mean I turned off the little motion control uh because it kinda got annoying. Uh, I'm used to the gamepad enough to where it doesn't really matter how big or wide or anything that is. Mm-hmm. Um I like the fact that it's—it's it's not that it's an updated version of the Wii. It's just uh, one that shouldn't have marketed it as the as the Wii U. It should give it a whole name in, in general.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: If they didn't give it a whole new name, people aren't going to be up to date. They called like, it the Nintendo Gamepad or something. No, even sold love it
1: I mean, because then people <laughs> are still going to assume, oh, it's just a gamepad. Yeah. Um if I I don't know. I just I believe the Nintendo double play. <laughs> the way you <laughs> branded I don't know maybe <laughs> the three D S triple XL because you also play it on your TV and it's like pretty much a three D S or a, a DS in general. Yeah. Um I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm not good with this na- the type of names, but like Whatever def- their
2: next system is, whether it's the NX or not, um I think they realize that it cannot be called a Wii. The Wii system is just, it's, one, it's confusing the people, two, it's not nearly as popular as it once was, so they need a new moniker. It's not a Game Boy. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I mean, I'm,
1: I'm really sad about that though, like, they're, they're already throwing away the Wii U this fast. It, it's, I understand it's not doing well, but like,
0: it, no, it is doing well now. It wasn't doing well for a long time. That's the thing. Yeah. Now
1: now when it's all good and now when it's great, they are they already started talking about the, the Project NX during E3. They, Reggie mentioned it for like a second. I was like, why would you do that?
0: Because they're going to announce it next year, which means it's going to be coming out by winter of next year, which means that which we're going to get about a year or more of uh, Wii U stuff.
1: Do you realize how many things I just got from my Wii U? You know how mad that makes me as a consumer?
0: You know what word that makes me as a Zelda fan because I'm like, oh great, now I have to buy the the new console on top of the Wii U just to be able to play this new Zelda game that's coming out in a year.
1: Well, I mean the <laughs> the well, it is Wii U game. I just realized, it's Zelda U. So uh,
0: they, I think. Some places – I remember seeing something about like they were taking off the, the U part from it or something or just no, – Well, a, it's not a is
2: It isn't the, the official name anyway, yeah, but it's, it's basically people – this is all just speculation, but people think course. because of the delay and because of the NX coming out that it's going to be a Twilight Princess uh, situation once again. Cross-platform time. God. that. That's not bad. That's not bad. It am not Twilight saying princess
0: it worked right. in its favor
2: more than anything,
0: because it let you try motion controls, but it didn't lock you into it. It also let you play it if you had a GameCube.
1: I am not a believer of making games on both last-gen and new-gen, because then it locks the game down for, let's say, the next-generation console. Oh,
0: being something that it has less content on it?
1: Not less content, but like the quality of the game is going to be different on the last-gen console compared to a next-gen console. Of course. And it happens in all cases. That is the worst thing, and me, I believe, like, you're not gonna push your new console sales like that, cause it was like, oh, I already have it on this, I already have this console, might as well just get it for this console. It's, so what's the point? Like, you have a new product you're trying to push, you might even push this game as a, as one of the first games you can get it, uh, what, what would you call it? Like?
2: It just, it makes it no might... sense. It actually might do well, just if they, like, if they drop, uh, Uh, Gamepad support for the NX or whatever they do with the NX, and it doesn't involve the gamepad. That I guarantee there'd be people people like buy it in an instant because I don't have to play with the damn gamepad. I like (laughs) the gamepad though. I know. I I don't mind the gamepad, but I know people would be. Oh yeah, some people hate
0: the gamepad more than anything.
1: We saw the demo with the gamepad. I I don't mind the gamepad for this game. I'm just saying, like, don't just if you're gonna make a project NX as well. Go full Project NX. Don't just give a don't just like you know, say, Oh, okay, we'll give you guys half a good game. And not not to say that the game's only gonna it's it's just gonna be half as good as it would be on just one system. Not it's right. not that they're gonna give us half the content. Right. I don't know. It I didn't um, like it with Assassin's Creed and I didn't like it with like any other major you know, triple A game. because it, it shown it hasn't worked well and it's not going to work well. Right.
2: It worked fine with Twilight Princess, if only because the technology, the graphics engine, was essentially it's, the same.
1: Yeah, it, that I mean, but that's the only excuse. I'm pretty sure Nintendo, because right now the Wii U is still on the same status as the 360 and the PS3. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily next gen. The Project NX they realize, I, um, unless they go like the route of like oh mobile app gaming stuff like that, then it's going to be different. But if they decide to try to compete with the Xbox One and the PS4 then, you know, they they're gonna have to step it up and they realize if you wanna compete with your Wii U, if you wanna get something for your Wii U and your your Project NX and you want it to compete with these next gen consoles from these other publishers and develop or these other companies, like you're gonna have to make a big decision whether you want a game to look just as good and play just as good on your brand new console or you want it to play like the old the your previous console just on your new box you know mm-hmm.
3: uh
2: yeah. knowing nintendo that won't be as powerful as the xbox xbox one or the ps4 uh my guess it probably be some midpoint between uh the two systems um where sort of like the Wii, where it's somewhat po- uh, more powerful in some aspects but not uh in any uh not major way in, yeah, not in a major way, which is fine because there's not a huge difference that I can tell so far. It's certain games you can, but most not really, uh, between last gen and new gen.
1: If you want to talk about specifications of the consoles in comparison, there's a big difference.
2: Oh, yes, but as far as what I mean, you can see, no.
1: I mean, it's, for someone like myself, I'm sure I'm I'm a little different from the average gamer. I I've, I've go from PC gaming to console gaming plenty of good times. You know, I, and I tend to play my games on, you know, certain settings. I'm not saying I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at everything, but like, you tend to notice some things after playing mm-hmm. certain games and after, you know, mm-hmm. reading about this stuff. Um, I'm, I'm sure the average gamer is not going to care. I'm sure they're not going to care. Oh, it's not, it's not full 1080p. Like you're not going to notice. Or you're not going to notice it's not 60 frames or 30 frames. You're not going to notice your, your console doesn't have eight gigabytes of RAM or like
2: all this, but, but still, mm-hmm. like, but, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're still in the middle of speculation. We don't even know exactly yeah. what the NX is. Yeah. Um, so no, i yeah. So i and then Nintendo is only to me paying that lip service because it basically said, basically, it heads off any questions like, where's the NX? Why aren't you talking about that? And it's like, no, that's later. Right now, we're talking about what's going on right now. Which is I just
1: fine. I, I mean, I just, just still, the fact that they're hinting towards it, or like, they, they just, they've just mentioned it too much already. Even though the only times they mentioned it was once, they saying, haven't
3: mentioned enough,
0: but they've mentioned the idea of it too much. Is what yeah, you're saying, basically, it, like, yeah, the fact that it's like so pre- present in their minds, despite how little we know, means that it's like they're already saying goodbye to the Wii U I, in their minds. It, I mean, it's a,
2: me- it's a method of calming down their investors.
1: Right, pure pure and simple.
2: That's it. It's more for the investors than any of the gamers right now. I just
1: hate how public that information is to us. It's like when you talk, like, because Xbox One, when it was called Project Durango and the PS4, everyone just knew it as the PS4. They knew what it was going to be called. But, like, you knew about them, but Sony didn't talk about it and Microsoft didn't talk about it at all. You just kind of, you just heard the rumors from, like, random websites. You saw the screenshots or something from, like, just the, the random places that weren't associated with either Sony or Microsoft. That's the way you need to keep a project like this. Like, if.
2: No, not, not in this case. You um, don't think so? No, not in this case. Nintendo needs all the, uh, they need to build up Steam immediately. Uh, and I think they realize this. Uh, yes. Okay. As, as somebody who just bought the console, I can totally see where you're coming from as, because I just bought this. Now they got something else. But you, uh, I, I totally get that. But Nintendo, from a, uh, from their standpoint is they haven't, Gotten that momentum they need, and this—if they can build up the momentum with the Wii U to the NX and have it right there, it's much better for them than to have the Wii U flounder. And well, the it, as they were trying were to get the NX going, things about the Wii
0: going. U that they could make it, that could keep building up the steam, but they—they—they they, they purposefully like hinder it. As like for for example, Splatoon. There's a lot of potential there for competitive, but I know that there's a lot of things that the game has they put into the game. To stifle that ability to be a competitive thing and work as a competitive team.
1: I mean, Splatoon is a lot of competitive. It's just a matter of fact getting your players to, you know, work with you better. Because yeah. a, a lot of people just kind of do. I mean, for the I saw something really funny the other day. Like, uh, you, you, if you guys played Splatoon, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Or, uh, I've played very little of it. <laughs> but I like, play a good bit.
1: All right, so you see on the little Meverse things where, like, people write their, their Splatoon, they draw their little Splatoon stuff.
0: Yeah, the mm. jokes and stuff.
1: Yeah, I saw one the other day, like, uh, uh, I wish my day Splatoon teammates could uh, let me down one last time in my grave. And I'm just like, that's really funny. Just because, like, no one listens to each other on, in the team. There's no way you can. You don't have voice chat, you don't have anything. Maybe that's for the better, but still, Lack like...
2: Lack of voice chat is not a bad thing to me in Splatoon, because it's... You kn- the thing is, the way Splatoon is set up, you know what you need to do. It's all about laying down the ink. You don't need to say talk to somebody in order to do well, that. Well, here's as- the
0: thing: that a lot of games seem that simple on the surface, but you you create roles, you create these sort of ideas where roles come into play. So, I, not I, I to mention that, are the
1: people you're playing with competent enough to understand those those basic guidelines? You'd think, because right. it's very simple.
0: However, you think that people would but- know how to jump in Mario. People don't know how to jump in Mario. <laughs>
2: Granted, but and and that's the problem. But the, here's here's the thing. Okay, they don't know how to do this. Now all of a sudden, all you're doing is yelling at them how to do that, and you're making them feel bad, and which they don't is, know how to play. Well, no, which it's is, not. It's not all. a matter you're, of you're, you're you're denigrating them from actually playing the game. You don't need. I do chat. not like voice chat.
0: <laughs> well, you don't need voice chat. A lot of games, what they do is they'll have like icons or emoticons or things where it's like, uh, it would just be like red You have, like, a, you have like a you have a you have a series of buttons or commands that you can like shout. Kind of like a text icon will appear on your like the sidebar, or whatever you like. Your team will be telling you, like, uh, retreat, pull forward, right side, left side, uh, base, enemy base. And like that basically tells your team where to focus their, 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 their concentration on.
1: Maybe there should be like, mm-hmm. a, and it's simple. A, a cause there's nothing you can implement
0: Maybe where you have sort of like a someone who is able to kind of like give not or not like verbal orders, but like, like suggest like said, like, you I, to go like, somewhere. Yeah, like we should be going forward, we should be going back, that sort of thing. Do I will agree that have...
2: the op- there's options in Splatoon, though you can like uh, you have two different things, but they're very they're so non-specific that they don't help. But
0: that's what I mean is like there are things that could work in Splatoon, they just Nintendo hasn't taken advantage of them.
2: I've never I know people always complain about bad having bad teams, but I've never felt like. I've had like, yeah, you sometimes have a bad runner and whatnot, but I've always said, you know, just the teamwork worked better for the other team. You know, it's having a bad team is just a way to uh, make an excuse. And sometimes that happens and, uh, you know, it's perfectly legit. But in my experience, I've seen people working together, doing what they need to do uh, in every mode. And people like it take might take them a little while once a new mode is introduced, but once they figure out the basics, I've had some really good, really close matches. And yeah, sometimes you can, can get upset about the teams, but I, I think people are making a bigger deal of this than they are than the before, uh, than it really is. Because they can't communicate, and I don't mind that communication. So that personally, it doesn't affect me. But I get so, why people are against it, but personally, I think it works better because of that.
1: No, to be completely honest, uh, I, I will say I do agree. I'm just trying to play a little devil, devil's advocate. Like <laughs> no I don't, problem. I don't care for voice chat in terms of like playing that game. I just like the fact that I pick up the game. I could spray whatever I want, wherever I want, and then I can put it down, and I'll just come back to it later. I I, I do not care for my I like, teammates. I will let them down <laughs> as much as possible.
0: I like, if I'm playing a, a, a team-based game, I like to be, being able to talk to my teammates. But then again, I don't play with random people, for the most part. If I'm playing a team-based game, I'm playing with people I know. True. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel like I'm enjoying myself as much. If I'm playing with people I've never spoken to, if I've... I don't know them if they're just like other people. It's like playing with computers. I don't. I
2: don't. There's no. Why even do it? Why even it, do it if I'm not playing with people that I know? I, I'm curious how the how it's gonna shake out once they introduce the mode that allows you to create your teams because right now, of course, you can play with your friends, but you might end up on different teams uh, right, right. because of the way it shifts things. Yeah, but I mean other like, mode, it's kind of fun. To just I think play it'll in make.
0: I think it'll definitely them. fix the whole issue with it not being a competitive game, or making it so that the game can be a competitive, mm-hmm. can grow a competitive scene, which, for Nintendo, is is a good thing. Microsoft has already understood that Halo being a competitive game was a great thing to happen, because it made this little economy around the Halo the Halo franchise that they could then, uh, put put like some support into and get really big returns on I mean, and create I w- sort of a, a you, culture.
1: You don't need to listen to people in Halo. You really don't. You could just... Well, it's,
0: no, I mean, like, maybe being able to make your own teams and being able to play as a, as a squad.
1: That, all right, well, that, yes. I that's mean, what I
0: mean. That's it's really what it, it comes down to, is can I play with people I know or, or people that... If I can't uh, communicate with people... Can I play with people who, on another form of like media, like through a call or something like that? Can I c- communicate with them like uh, that way, or can I just, you know, know what they're gonna do? Because I know what I know what Chris would do in a game, but I don't know what Jim would do because I don't know Jim. Jim is just some guy. He has but a like, Splatoon well, meme as his little.
1: What thing. if you? Yeah, sp- and because of that Splatoon meme, we get to think. What if this gym guy's just about a joke? You turn on the volume of the of the microphone and of the speaker and you hear him say all his vulgar slurs and all these things. Like, oh, let me just He's turn just it back off. He's just
0: screaming, you're a kid, you're a squid, over and over again.
1: Yeah, well, shooting you with the assault rifle. And, yeah. You know, yeah, I don't know. When I, Now when I play Halo, I don't usually turn on my headset. I, t- I mute everyone. I just, I, I just go. If
0: I'm ever playing online with people, it's in, in, in tandem with a Skype call or a vocal call or something where it's yeah i'm playing and we're talking on that thing because mm-hmm. it's much better
3: yeah all
0: right um <laughs> i wanted to ask before we end this because we're going a little bit uh right to that point where we should be ending uh i want to ask you a little bit of derek i want to ask you a little bit about uh game explain how you got started uh what the whole thing is about for those who may not know um and you know your your future plans with game explain
2: um, well, Game Explain is Andre's baby, which is, he is, I guess my boss, partner, whatever. Uh, I work with him. <laughs> and, uh, he Dictator. started that <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> uh, he basically started it up years ago, had the idea, had the name, did a few things with it, and then, uh, just never really went anywhere. Um, and he eventually worked, uh, with, ign and with GameSpot and got a lot of experience under his belt and eventually he decided uh he wanted to leave and do his own thing so he got a group of people together started trying to do it and at the same time uh completely unbeknownst to me i was just trying to break into the industry because i was i really wanted to i i basically uh applied to a position at ign got as far as a um uh, phone interview didn't get the job, but it gave me the confidence like I can break into the industry. So I started going to, uh, conventions as much as I can to try to like get preview experience and stuff like that. Eventually met up with Andre's team, basically offered my services, stuck with him the entire time as the rest of his team kind of left to do their own thing because Game Explain wasn't exactly thriving. But then IGN, uh, then, uh, sorry, excuse me, Andre figured out this sort of niche for us on youtube and stuck with it and i as soon as i heard about that i was like okay let me help you out let me do that teach me how to do it started helping him out and for whatever reason we just started growing and i think that's because we found our niche which turns out to be uh uh analysis videos and discussions and really in-depth uh uh looks at Nintendo games specifically because Andre is a huge right. Nintendo fan. <laughs> and I like, uh, most, uh, I like, try, I like trying games of all color, kinds, but I don't, I, you know, I obviously grew up with Nintendo as well. And yeah, it's basically any new Nintendo trailer comes out that we're familiar with as, as far as the franchise, we will analyze it, uh, and try to pick out every little detail that that trailer might have in order to try to figure out the full game. Um, and that's sort of just our thing. We do a lot of discussions on latest news Uh and it's, it's a lot of fun because you get to react to every little thing. You get your opinion out there. You get to see everybody else's reactions to it. And it becomes this nice little community where you can just like, this is what I like. This is what I think. Oh, this is what you think. And I love getting other people's opinions. That's one of my thing. One of the things I've always enjoyed is seeing other people's opinions and react to them and sort of offer my own and create a dialogue. And I think that's something we've achieved uh, there where we can get our opinions out there, but still talk with other people about what we think. And uh, I don't know. I, I really enjoy it. And we do of course do reviews and ty- that type of stuff and preview events and everything mm-hmm. else. But I, I, I think our will, we're, we're probably most well known for the analysis, uh, the analysis videos. So, mm-hmm. but as far as in the future um, continue to do more of the same, but we also want to try to start creating more original content Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as like that's something that's not as much reactive to what's going on out there. Uh, it's just finding time to
0: actually Putting get it, that yeah, content that's, in. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, is that like the type of content that you do online, or type of content that anyone does online, unless it's a Let's Play, it takes a lot of time for very little result. It, you mm-hmm. you spend... We're talking to Matt. Uh, it takes about, I think, around 100 hours for them to make any single Game Theory episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it. The podcast takes... Probably around 16 hours per episode, mm-hmm. uh, not counting prep time and stuff like that. I'm assuming you guys take a lot of time with what you do, and it's a lot of wait. It's a lot of waiting and like getting ready to jump into the action as soon as it comes up.
2: <laughs> it's yeah. Basically, uh, my typical day is: I wake up, check the news, see if there's anything worth talking about as far as uh, Nintendo news or anything in general that we can do a discussion on. Uh, if there is, uh, we get together as soon as possible. Do the discussion, and then one of us immediately starts putting it together. And right. we've we've actually gotten pretty quick at how we uh, we put it together. So we yeah. we've actually gotten quite a, kind of a uh, uh, reputation now of being able to get stuff out quickly. Uh, just because we see it right away, we talk about it and we can just put it together and still have it a, a, be pretty decent quality. Right, um, right. Analysis takes a lot longer, um, depending on the thing. Like best example I have right now is, um, uh, the, uh, for example, I had, um, I'm currently working on Shimagami Tensei Cross Fire Emblems, tr- uh, analysis from E3, uh, now typically I only have to go through a two and a half minute to three minute trailer, maybe sometimes less, and I can still get about ten minutes worth of analysis out of that. Uh when you put take uh Shimigamai Tensei all of a sudden you have all of the treehouse footage, which is about 50 minutes of footage along as well as the new trailer they put out. So all of a sudden I have to go through that frame by frame, picking out every little detail I think might have any type of importance and then make connecting the dots, uh, and everything else. So I, for example, with just that, with all of that, I got 12 pages of notes, uh, if not more, because as soon as I start writing the script, ideas start churning. I get. I see where connections go. I refine it so I can see where everything go- goes, and then I record it. And just uh, it just takes quite a while, and right. some of these can end up huge. It's a lot of work, but it's also the, strangely gratifying because yeah, as you it, see it, these details, you get excited for it. It's like it, I, it, re- it sounds exciting almost. Like I,
1: I really mm-hmm. like hearing this stuff. Like it it, it almost inspires me. Like it's yeah. not that it almost does. It does because myself. <laughs> I I'm, I I have a gaming channel. I, I produce videos for the internet. Like today we were recording for like at least eight hours, not to mention the, the hours that we're going to spend editing all these videos, mm-hmm. and waiting to all posted. It. Like it's, it's relatable. And I like, I like to hear stories like this, like how other content creators like go about producing their work and making something that's cool.
0: Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a, uh, something that's interesting. And I, I also appreciate it a lot. I appreciate learning mm-hmm. about the whole editing thing process. A lot of people go through, uh, If you, Game Grumps, I remember, they had like a, they have like a side channel now. Mm -hmm. um, And there's just like an hour long thing where Barry is just explaining how he does the editing for the episodes. And I thought that was really cool. I thought it was Mm -hmm. better than even any of their episodes just because it was like, I loved knowing how everything worked, Mm -hmm. how they, the mindset of like the jokes and everything that they do in the editing room.
2: Yeah, and that, there's a lot of, and they they come up with a lot of great jokes in the editing room of how they interact and everything else, and yeah, yeah. actually put it together. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot that you can do, and I I won't even call myself the greatest of editors or anything like that. I can uh, I know enough that I can point out the details that need to happen, but I can't do anything special or amazing or anything like that. I mean, I, I right. still consider myself uh kind of low tier when it comes to that sort of thing, but I. I've discovered that I have a bit of an eye for detail and that helps a lot with what I do. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I, we always get comments about from people with like, um, again, Shimegami Tensei, when I when that first was revealed, a lot of Fire Emblem fans was like, what the hell is this? There's no Fire Emblem here. What the, you know, where is all of it? And <laughs> I did my analysis and put it out there and pointed out like, oh, Here's fire emblem. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Yeah, and it was hard to like, find it first. Exactly, because they very much. It was kept like it.
0: subtle. It was super subtle. It was mm-hmm. like this is fire emblem. Is that? Oh, it is. Yeah, I see it now. <laughs> it was like, oh, there it is. That's the thing. And then like, yeah, that's clearly yeah. like Martha, or Lucy. You 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 have to like look into it. The the analysis side of it really does like show mm-hmm. with the amount of work that you put into it in a lot of your videos. And that's I, I'm yeah. just to be just to get throw out a little word of nice. I'm I I respect that and I admire it. What you're able to you're able able to find that I always miss. I always miss <laughs> so much, and it's just like, hey, look at all these things. And I'm like, that was there the whole time, and I've just been looking <laughs> at it like an idiot. Um, it's
2: amazing how much can fly by in just a few frames, and right. these these developers will hide it and. Um, it's, it's, it's funny how how much you can really find in just the smallest of details. Like, all of a sudden, you see this speck in the background, and you look, and you like try to uh, uh, <laughs> Enhance. make it bigger and see, exactly. <laughs> Enhance. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, that, that, that Zelda Wii U analysis, that about killed us. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. I remember uh, I used to run a page called uh, Zelda Misinformer, mm-hmm. and we had this joke for one of the images from Zelda Wii U. Like, if you look in the background, you can see Tingle and it's like this like magnification. It looks like Tingle like super pixelated in the background.
2: And some people <laughs> thought that was legitimate. That's awesome. You, know, it's like, it's, you do a lot of fun yeah. stuff. Oh, it's, you know, you, you got to have fun with it. You know, yeah. you, you can't. It, trust me, if you didn't have fun with it, this will wear you down very quickly. <laughs> yeah, if this wasn't fun, I wouldn't be here. I would be asleep because uh, we were me a little too. bit later for
0: this this week's episode. Uh, yeah, which is sorry. why we're so tired. Sorry about that. Yeah. A little sleepy episode, a little bit somber episode, but I like it. I'm I'm, I'm happy with uh, what we said so far. I'm sorry for cutting you off again. That's uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, but we're about the time where we need to start wrapping up. So uh, okay, uh, is there anything else you wanted to add? To no, that's
2: pretty much it. That's right. pretty much what I do. and um, I just really try and thank everybody that actually watches it or check it out or anything like that. It's just always nice to know that people enjoy what I make. One final question. Uh,
0: Favorite and least favorite Zelda game? And I guess your favorite theory in the series, if you have
2: one that you can explain really quickly. Uh, Favorite Zelda game is Wind Waker. Uh, That was the one that I... I I played Ocarina of Time before that, but Wind Waker was the first Zelda game I owned Mm -hmm. and played the whole way through on my own, and I love it for that. I have very fond memories of the finale where uh, Link... You know, just stabs the hell out of Ganondorf. And it's just a really cool moment uh, like that you don't expect. Hey, Ganondorf, a kid- now you're a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that moment. It's it's one of the most badass moments, and it's in the kiddiest of games. And I, I just love it. A unidorf. Uh, <laughs> uh, least favorite? Uh, I know this game has a lot of fans. And I don't even think it's that bad. But Twilight Princess, I do feel, is the weakest. Really? Um,
0: yeah, that's interesting. I've never heard that before. Why?
2: I don't know. It just it's. I don't think it accomplished what they set out to do. I think a lot of that game is very forgettable for me. I I, mean, I haven't played it in a long time. I haven't had the inc- inclination to play it in a long time, and I, I probably should just to see if it does hold up. Like I th- like it might. Like it's been so long since I played it, but I think I I I think they. They were trying to set out to do a more mature Zelda, and it just felt like a copycat of Ocarina of Time, and nothing clicked the way, the way they intended. Yeah, it didn't click the way they intended, and I just I don't know. I I find it it's not as memorable to me as Wind Waker uh, at all, and I you know or any of the others, and I don't, know, I don't know. I just I mean it's a fine game. It as a game itself, it is perfectly fine but as a zelda game i don't know i find it on the weaker end all right so um what was the last one that last Uh, uh, favorite zelda theory oh boy (laughs) (laughs) um no i don't really have one i don't you know uh, no not not really i just there's a lot of cool ones out there but nothing that Strikes you? Sh- strikes me out at the moment that I can easily pull out and say, "Yeah, I love this theory." But right. if, before they release the official timeline, I love trying to figure out the timeline. <laughs> of course, everyone
0: does. It's still fun oh, to yeah. try to figure it out and try to re, re- sort it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I want to thank you. I want to thank uh, Chris for both of you for joining me this week's yeah. episode. If you like fun. Derek, Derek is an awesome dude. Highly recommend. Go and check out Game Explain for all the cool analysis videos. I learn a lot every single time I watch one of their videos. I feel smarter as a result of it. A better gamer, um, and if uh, you can follow them on Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter. You can follow Chris on Twitter. Uh, Zeldaformer also has a Twitter, but you know they're not as cool as me or. Or Derek or Chris. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to get fired. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, thank you so much for sending in your fan topics, your emails, like, song submissions, all that cool stuff, everything. Thank you for someone sent us their pinky because we asked for it in, in a previous episode. I am i don't remember that at all. If someone can please point that out to me again, I would love it in the comment section below. Um, if you are listening to this on a podcast app, go to ZaltonInformer.com. You can see the full write-up. And this week's outro was actually... Uh, By a uh, guy that I recently found. uh, His name is uh, Sushi Killer. He's a he's a noise musician, uh, and he made a song called Zora that I think really fits the sort of mood and the uh, you know the sort of feel of this week's episode. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you guys for joining me again. It was really fun. Bye guys.
3: No problem.
2: Bye.